You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you inspiration and resources to help you discover and live from your truest self. Follow along on social media at Collected Workshops, and be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and to learn more. The Collected Podcast is brought to you by the Gebhardt Sleep Group at Baird Financial, delivering personalized financial advice that helps clients reach their long-term goals. Visit gebhardtsleepgroup.com or see our show notes for links and to learn more. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of The Collected Podcast. I'm Jess Biondo. I'm Michaela Hooper. And I'm Tia McNelly. This week, we are so excited to bring you Beth and Carlos Padilla. And they are this um, incredible newly married couple um, that met at Bethel School. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. They have started their own healing ministry. And it's just incredible to hear the journey that God has had them on separately in their spiritual journeys. And then now how He's united them. And they're just this like force for the kingdom and even stronger together. And how they bring out each other's strengths. Totally. Was very inspiring. Guys, enjoy this interview with Beth and Carlos Bidia. Carlos and Beth, thank you so much for being here. We're so excited to have you on the Collective Podcast. So excited to be here. Can't wait to hear what's going to happen. I know. It's kind of <laughs> like... We're a little afraid to tell you the truth. No, really? Aww. Don't be scared. It's going to be great. Okay, we won't be. Okay, good. <laughs> it's like, I don't know if I believe you. <laughs> so it's just, you know, having coffee with Tia and Michaela. And Jess is over here, you know. Yep. We're just chilling. With a few hundred of our friends listening in. <laughs> no big awesome. deal. Yeah. That'd be great. It's exciting. Hello, friends. So we would love for you guys um, to just start out. Maybe each of you could give us a little bit of your background and what your family was like growing up and um, just start. Let's start there. Get to know you a little bit. Sure. Yeah, I can start. So I grew up in a Christian school. I went to Christian school from kindergarten to eighth grade. Um, I grew up as an only child. Um yeah, ended up really hating religion and hating the way that the church was so hypocritical and people would be one way and not the other. Wow. So kind of growing up, I realized really quick that I could notice who was fake and who wasn't, and I wasn't real excited about being around a lot of them. So it kind of pulled me away from the Lord. Um, you wanted like a... Yeah, Like good. a big brief? Okay. Yeah. So then kind of pulled me away from the Lord. So I was away from the Lord for probably 10 years did high school, college, was the popular girl that was good at like performing for everything that I needed, um, was well-liked but extremely miserable. Wow. Um, yeah, and just growing up trying to figure out what life looked like, knowing that there was a God, but knowing that He wasn't the way that my friends portrayed Him to be, but I wasn't really sure who He was. Um, so yeah, I, my entire life, I kind of grew up trying to figure that out, trying to understand how my relationship with this God was so different than what people were portraying. Um, and I also grew up, I was diagnosed with type one diabetes when I was 10. So I also grew up in that kind of cloud of trying to figure out how to be an adult, how to take care of myself, how to kind of branch out and do all of that and still understand that God was good. And so that's kind of what propelled me to where I am to just kind of answer questions for other people and just be like that light for people. Cause there's a lot of people that have questions like that, that people's actions just didn't meet up with. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Who God was supposed to be. 
That's good. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Carlos, what about you? Yeah, I have a similar story. I grew up in <laughs> San Antonio, Texas, and I don't know if you can tell from my voice, but I am Mexican-American. <laughs> and I grew up in the barrio, like in the gangster neighborhood of San Antonio on the west side. So um, to tell you the truth, everything was about Roman Catholicism. Oh, right. You know, I actually didn't know anybody who wasn't Roman Catholic up until like I went to college because... And our our like our close knit society of being Mexican American. I mean, we all went to private school, the same Catholic school, mm-hmm. the same high school. The the people you saw every day was the people you did life with, played sports with. You got to know everybody's parents, and they were all Hispanic. So we just naturally migrated to this Catholic school. And um, I grew up there and got a, an amazing Catholic education. Went to a Catholic college. Um, I couldn't say that those whole gospel thing was real for me or that I understood anything. If anything, I think from the school that I went to, I got a lot of guilt, shame, condemnation, legalistic things. So not that I paid attention a lot, but I just, I just thought this was like a whole kind of recipe when like you were 95 years old, you'd be on your deathbed. (laughs) And then like an angel would come to you and be like, Hey, do you want Jesus? Do you want to go to heaven? And you just kind of try to be the best version of yourself until that happens. So that's what I kind of subscribe to. And I went to my, I went to like church or mass with my mom, like on Christmas and and on Easter, you know. And I plugged in as much as I could, but um, the relationship thing wasn't exposed to me, and it wasn't really real. And I kind of just tried to be a good person between then and and honor my mother and father. And hopefully, God didn't strike me down in the process. <laughs> okay. So yeah, that, wow. There you go. That, that's really a, different. There it is. That's, yeah. That's really and different. Yeah, a little wow. the same. Yeah. It's really different than, yeah. Than yeah, but I got a lot of the religion too, you yep. know, um, the expectation, the performance, the pressure to perform, the pressure to be holy mm-hmm. yeah. and actually go to private school. And But I didn't see a lot of fruit come out of that. I mean, I'm <laughs> thankful for the education I got. I'm thankful that I even heard the name of Jesus, but like it didn't amount to much just because, I don't yeah. know, I mean, when you're young like that, that's mm-hmm. not the most attractive message to hear and then mm-hmm. live under that burden or that yoke the rest of your life so yeah yeah for sure i kind of just discontinued to that until about the age of about 28 29 about 10 years later where i kind of just went dormant with any kind of faith and then i purchased a restaurant that i ran by myself and had no experience and it was a monster a beast and (laughs) i I didn't sleep for like a year pretty much i was up 18 hours a day trying to figure out how this thing would work and how how i could make some money and i just kind of fell 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 more wow. and more behind. And then finally one day, uh, one of my friends said, hey, man, you got to come to church with me. But I had, keep in mind, no exposure to any type of church except, <laughs> except the Catholic church. So I'm like, man, dude, church is boring, man. And I don't even have khakis. You know, I mean, so like, you got to have khakis if you <laughs> want to go to church. Dude, so. man, oh I would make the Virgin Mary frown or something like that, you know? <laughs> and um, But he said, no, dude, come to my church, man. It's going to be all right. And I go with him. I take a shot. And I'm, honestly, I don't know to anticipate because i've never been to any other kind of church and i walk in it's in a theater downtown san antonio and they have a big band and people there look like all dick all different kinds of walks of life and Hmm. it started from there you know and Hmm. at first it was just not it was just about not being at a catholic church and bored but it quickly and later through some experiences came about jesus so that's That's amazing that's been amazing beth how about you how did you come to know of Jesus, just have personal relationship with him. Yeah, I think um, I actually noticed this a couple of years ago. I was really kind of like reliving a lot of my story. And I realized since I was really, really young, I've always had a relationship with the Holy Spirit. 
Mm-hmm. I just didn't know that that's what it was. I always right, had wow. like this unction to follow what was right and what was good and would hear like the, the audible voice of the Lord a lot. Hmm. Um, so really my entire life I've had relationship in the sense of that. Yeah. Um, but I really didn't come back to like the fullness of the Lord until probably five years ago. Um, which led me on this crazy journey to go to Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry in Redding, California, and just kind of trace after this thing that I had been in my entire life but didn't have any language for and didn't have any understanding for what God really was. He was just kind of like this untouchable being for a really long time. And so I decided I was going to chase after it for a little bit. Um, I decided I would give God one year to prove himself. <laughs> and that's cute. Yeah. And in his goodness, he just answered all of my questions. He fulfilled a lot of my desires and needs that I didn't even necessarily know that I had. Mm. And I ended up um, committing three years to this Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry that completely changed my life. It gave me a really tangible understanding of who God was and what the purpose of my life was. And it introduced me to Carlos, which was fantastic. So you guys met at BSSM? We we did. We met in our second year at BSSM. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hallelujah. (laughs) Carlos, what did you think when you saw Beth the first time? My jaw just dropped to the ground. Oh, seriously? That's not true. Oh. Um, No, it didn't happen like that. Um, (laughs) No, I mean, you know what? I mean... When the first time I saw her, I, c- I could tell you the day and where it was and where we were in the exact moment. And as I got to know her and her story, you know, and stuff like that, it really, we just became really compatible. And like we had a lot of common goals and common themes in her life. And we saw injustice and a lot of the same things. And we just, we encouraged each other up until the point where we just like took from a really good friendship and a trustworthy friendship to like taking a step out and dating and then. We were married six years, six months later. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's beautiful. I mm-hmm. love that. Yeah, we kind of just ran all in, and it's kind of still been like that till this day. We've only been married like a month or a, a year and a, a month. A year and a month, yeah. But I mean, we've we haven't changed rhythm. We haven't changed pace. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's actually been one of the most blessed years of my life, being able to share mm-hmm. and learn and incorporate and supplement something of somebody else's dream. So it's been That's awesome. That's amazing. It's been awesome, and we just continue to say yes, and then God provides not only financially and provision like that, but he provides opportunities mm-hmm. for us to serve together and grow more. Yeah. So. Okay, so I have two questions out of that. The first <laughs> is, what's the dream? Because that's my favorite question to ask people to get yeah. to know them. You said support someone else's dream. So what, what's your dream, Beth? And then my other question, so I don't forget, was, I already forgot. Uh-oh. What's your dream? <laughs> yeah, what's your dream? It'll come back to you. I mean, I think that my personal dream that I can tangibly like see happening would be family. I I grew up an only child, and so I remember like petitioning my parents to adopt children. Like when I was really young, like I would print out sheets and like petition them to adopt children. (laughs) So that's something that's always been in my heart, um, no matter how it comes. And I know that that's something that Carlos and I both really want. So that would be like the number one, yeah, goal. But really like launching and sustaining a ministry that brings people closer to the Lord and like brings them into total freedom and not just partial freedom yeah, um, is huge for both of us as well. Totally. Yeah. Carlos, what's your dream? <laughs> you know, my dream, it's just sound spiritual, but I want to be the biggest giver on earth. I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. And in any dynamic, what that looks like, you know, I want to, 
I want to be a giver. You yeah. Know? And yeah, I think that, but like ministry wise, it's just, it's about annihilating hell. Let's do it. Yeah. Like really, you know, I think yeah. God, he's put so much in us through what Jesus has done. And just to be a good son and a good daughter. Mm-hmm. And if we get that big rock in, then we'll be great mothers and fathers and entrepreneurs and ministry takers and mm-hmm. all right. these things. So, like, my thing is just about getting more simple. Yeah. 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 That's really good. You have a little bit of a, of, not a little bit. I don't know that it's a little bit. It might be a whole lot of <laughs> a formal ministry that you've built. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, same. Yeah. I feel like that no, we're seriously. all in that boat, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I've... Like, ministry is, like, who we are, you know? Right. I think, like, if you're a Christian, you're giving your life to Jesus, and you have this Holy Spirit inside of you, and then from that moment on, you are in full-time ministry. Yep. Like, mm. people, like, underestimate that. They think they need, like, a 501c3, which are good things, and, and ministry names, and delegates, and all that stuff. But, man, when you say yes to Jesus, like, if you're working at Walmart, your job pays you to manifest Jesus Christ. <laughs> Come on. You know? So, I think full-time <laughs> ministry starts when you say, yes, I follow yeah. you, Jesus. Yes. Yeah. And you lay down your whole life. That's so true. And you figure out what he is inside of you, and you figure out a way to get that out and give it to people. And, mm-hmm. and um, I just posted about that yesterday. That's mm-hmm. crazy you said that. Yeah, you know, and I just think, like, I'm not very good with, like, the business thing. I'm actually in the process of doing the 501c3 things that I really didn't care for, but it is an important part. Mm-hmm. And, like, in this season, what faith looks like for me, it's not praying for the sick, because I love praying for the sick. And I love being faithful for that. But like in this season, for us, it's like actually doing the credentials right and the 501c3 and and giving to Caesar what's been Caesar's, you know, taxes and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. being just as like, um, just being just as committed to that as the actual ministry itself. So, mm-hmm. that's, so, yeah. so really that's something, so, so and that's good. something we're so glad to be in North Carolina yeah. for with mm-hmm. Pastor Jeff uh, Watson, because I mean, he's a man for that. Like he's helping us beyond like all measure with all these like business things that I don't really care for, but I know it's important. Guys, you know, at Collected, we are all about bringing you inspiration and resources to help you live from your truest self. We want you to discover who God designed you to be and start walking in that unique purpose that he's written on your soul. And if your money is a mess, (laughs) you simply can't do that. And so we are so thrilled to have a new sponsor in season two to offer you resources and guidance um, to help take that frustration and distraction of money off your plate. Mm -hmm. We love providing practical ways for you and ourselves to see transformation in the different areas in our lives. And this is one area that we truly believe God desires for us to operate in wholeness and be good stewards of what He's given to us. So we're really excited to provide this resource for you all. In this episode, Beth and Carlos mention budgeting a yeah. lot. And that's something I have, when I was trying to buy my condo, I had realized there was so much I didn't know and hadn't considered yeah. mm-hmm. with the money aspect of buying the condo, but then also paying for the mortgage and the taxes. And there were so many details that I never thought about. Yeah. And so what David does, if you have a like a budget consultation with him, is he points out these things that you have never considered. Yeah. And it's so valuable. And this budget consultation is free. Yeah. And so if that's something that you're interested in, especially with the holidays coming up and all yes. the stress that can be placed on your budget, yep. um, just click on the link in our show notes and check it out and reach out to Dave and see what he can do to help you. Yeah, guys, we don't even know what we don't know. And Dave's trying to 
flip the script. He wants to allow you to make the rules with your money now. Instead of feeling like you're at the mercy of the bill collectors and the debt collectors, what he really wants to do is he wants to make what you have and what you owe match up. And he can help you do that. All you have to do is ask a simple question. Just click the link, whatever questions you have, ask away. He's ready to help and it's free. One thing that I've loved just in the t- short time that I've gotten I'm gotten to know you guys is um Carlos I think it was it was actually you that said it but you were you were talking about Beth's dream and about like knowing how you can best how you can support her to see that come to fruition like as her husband and I think that just really stood out to me, like how powerful that is when we're able to come alongside of somebody and support them in the way that we feel is most going to draw out and lift up and support the thing that God has positioned them for. Mm-hmm. And I see that in you guys so yeah. much, like you both do that for one another. And even in that, like God has, I mean, that's a part of the compatibility that he's put in you as a couple. Yeah. But I also feel like that's, spoke volumes to people that have actually come in contact with you guys um, as a couple that they're getting to see what that looks like. And that's so powerful. And I just, how do you, how have you guys navigated that? I mean, has it just been like you saying, you know what, I'm coming alongside of you, Beth, I'm coming alongside of you, Carlos, and I'm going to do whatever I can to support you. Um, Yeah, I think... That's a really good question. We actually, I haven't heard that question at all, and I was actually asked it this morning. Hmm. So it's really interesting that it keeps coming up. But I think for for me personally, I've been kind of had to be in the forefront since I was little tiny. I've been an adult since I was nine. Hmm. So being able to be in a relationship where I trust somebody wholeheartedly with everything and trusting him to take it has been so amazing for me. I have been... I'm highly administrative, actually absolutely thrive in like organization and Mm -hmm. systematics and all of that stuff. So being able to fully concentrate on that and not have to be both has actually been like the beautiful orchestration of at least right now in this time is being able to support him doing whatever he's doing and knowing that I can catch a lot of the other things that, like he just said, he doesn't really care about and I absolutely love. <laughs> what so, a great match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. It's been really fun. And I know that there's going to be a time or a season or something either soon or in the future where I am going to be mm-hmm. in the spotlight. But right now it's it's so amazing to be able to champion him and just mm-hmm. see him like fully come into who he's supposed to be and learn and grow through that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's more about laying your life down for the other person That's it. yeah. That is it right than there. living for myself. Yeah. And it's been fun to find my strengths in that. Like mm-hmm. as I lay myself down, I'm able to, oh, I actually really do like this and I'm able to spend time doing this because I don't have to focus on that other stuff that I felt pressure to do. Yeah. Awesome. That's so, good. Yeah. It's been a lot easier than people think it should be. Yeah. A lot easier. That's yeah. so refreshing to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so good. What I know that you you have a bit of a ministry that you're building as well, Beth. So what does that look like? What is it that like your heart beats for that the Lord's kind of put a burden on your heart for? I know you mentioned people's questions, but can you say more? Um, I think as I've thought about it, I really like the big vision would to be 
able to enable entire families to do ministry together, not just have one person in the family highlighted. So I think that my heart right now burns for the little kids who have a have a passion for Jesus but don't under don't have the questions answered or don't know how to do that with him. Interesting. So I would love to I mean big vision, I would love to be in a situation where Carlos could speak into maybe the adults and I could speak into the children and then we could get them together and teach them together as a family. Love that. It's beautiful. Um, <laughs> but actually what that looks like, I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's really cool to sit in that place of like willingness and kind of like open hands and saying, okay, Lord, <laughs> whatever's right. next, we're ready. We're yeah. going to do the next thing. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing after that. And yeah. that can sometimes I think cause fear for some people, but you guys seem very relaxed into that scenario. That seems comfortable for you. Is that right? Yeah, Com- I'd say so. Comfortable, I don't think is the word. But no? Yeah, peaceful. I mean, peaceful. we've got... Yeah. Okay. But... Yeah. <laughs> so it does get uncomfortable. It can, you know, yeah. but I mean, I don't think comfort is like a reason to stop or not do anything. That's true, yeah. You know, I mean, I think that actually on the other side of comfortability is actually where you see fruit of everything, you know? Mm. Yes. Whether it's praying for the sick, whether it's saying yes in marriage, like... You can't experience like certain realms of God's goodness on the other side of taking it until you like take a risk and see what's on the other side. Yeah, for sure. And for the last, I mean, we graduated Bethel um, in May and we've just said yes, yes, yes to everything, you know, and sometimes it looks like, like right now we're living with a family every week mm. until we leave, but we've been on the road since the last three months or four months. Forever. Just <laughs> Yeah. And we have a dog at home that's with... Um, yeah, His with grandma. my mom. Yeah. Oh, wow. And it's a blessing Thanks, to have her. mom. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. So what what kind of like surprising doors has God opened since you guys have given your yes and stepped into this kind of whatever you want next, Lord? Good question. I don't know. I think they're all awesome, to tell you the truth, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, because the only thing that like really, really matters to me, like the number one thing in my life is to be able to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ at any cost. Yeah. Like whatsoever, any cost, you mm-hmm. know, and um, the I, from what I've seen in the last two years, the more, the more we say yes, the more God just provides. And I mean, you could just be like speaking to somebody at a coffee shop, and it turns into a conference at at a church across the street, or even across the nation, and mm-hmm. and yeah. all these things. And I like I don't really like put myself out there like, hey, I'm available for ministry. Contact me. That's really not my thing, right? You know, like I think the quickest way to that destiny or to God's provision is just loving the person in mm-hmm. front of you, whether it's at the mall, at Starbucks, or whether you're in a conference, teaching about healing to like two thousand people in Brazil. Like, there's no difference. Like, I think saying yes to the one kind of like propels those things, you know, and yeah. And I think it's just about being faithful what God puts in front of you. And sometimes it looks like school for three years, you know, at Bethel. And and sometimes it just looks like saying yes to to feeding the homeless or whatever it looks like. So. Yeah. Do you have a like a specific story of something that has been a massive struggle, but you see that it was worth the struggle in the end, whether it was mm-hmm. one of you individually before you knew each other or even since you've been married? struggle. (laughs) I think, I mean, for me personally, I'm such a doer and I came out of such a performance-based mindset that I think that finances was always really hard for me to trust the Lord in. Um, Personally, that, that is something that I really fought back on with the Lord for a really long time. I really wanted to support myself. I didn't want to 
let him take care of me. So I think walking through that journey on my own and then stepping into marriage with a higher understanding of that and doing it together has probably been a really cool struggle. Like things that we used to have a hard time talking about in finances is now super easy. Like Hmm. we kind of squash that giant pretty quick because we're like, we are not stepping away from this thing. We're going to steward this and we're going to really step into this well. Yeah. And it sounds funny, but like budgeting, budgeting has probably been our biggest giant is just because people have different things that are important to them, you know, and how you make that look. So that's good. Yeah. Budgeting, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. <laughs> That's so practical and tangible. Yeah. I would say eating out at restaurants is one of our biggest struggles. Yeah. Because she likes salad. <laughs> I like meat. So it's kind of. Oh, my gosh. It, there's yeah, always so a compromise, funny. you know. And, and But she's amazing. Like, she will. Like, she. In that area, I would say confidently she lays down her life more than I do. <laughs> but, so funny. hilarious. And I'm serious. Like, it. Like. Praise God. We don't, I mean, I don't, I can't tell you, man, we have this struggle and that we're battling through it, you know? I mean, yeah. I think that's, struggle is real, but so, man, like, so is salvation. Yep. You know, there's mm-hmm. not a lot that affects me anymore. Yeah. Like, you know, I haven't had a bad day in three and a half years and <laughs> I've been, I, no, since I got revelation of the gospel, this is true. I've been hit yeah. by a car. Whoa. I've been, my dad was in federal prison, just wow. got out two months ago. Man, I have a lot of reasons to, for my circumstances to dictate how my day should go but man i hung that up and i gave my life to christ and it's him living in me and i i could tell you we don't have too many days that we worry yeah you know we might worry for a couple of seconds but we always remind each other you know we can worry right now or we can trust god that's right and those are the only two options we have when you say yes to him yeah good and we just kind of and we just pluck away you know and it's amazing would you guys both share a story of um, when you saw God move in a powerful way that, and, and, and may not be even be something that you were like, oh my gosh, I was so surprised, but just something where you you saw God come through and you were just, yeah, maybe you were blown away, but yeah, where you, where you saw him come through. I've got a really good, I've got a really good one on that. So we... The long story short of it is we ended up getting married in, we made a decision and kind of got married within kind of four months. We got engaged in July and got married in August. So really one month, but we had been talking about it for three or four months. (laughs) So we had planned to get married in Redding, California, um, right before our third year of school started. Completely planned out, you know, all of the stresses that come with a wedding that people anticipate and think that are going to happen and all of this stuff. It was all planned. Everything was figured out. Um, And that was the same period of time that I don't know, some of you might know of the huge fires that happened in Northern Northern California. So our venue actually burned down. Wow. Three weeks before the wedding. Three weeks before the wedding. And so it was a really, really cool opportunity for us to be like, okay, how are we going to position ourselves in this? Like, are we going to panic? Are we going to freak out? Or what are we going to do? So we ended up, we were in Waco, Texas at the time. Carlos was teaching a class that summer in Waco, Texas. And so we were like, we're just going to sit and pray about it for a little bit and try to figure it out. And Carlos was really good at attracting mothers. So he had a lot of mamas come around him and just took care of him all summer. (laughs) And so, of course, they wanted to take care of me, too, when I would come and visit and that kind of thing. I was kind of 
flying in and leaving and that kind of thing. So they were like, well, we'll just do the wedding. I'll do the flowers. And I have a venue. Another lady had a venue that overlooked Waco Lake. And somebody else was a professional cake maker. And somebody else was like, well, I want to help. I'll do all the food. (laughs) So within an hour, we had all the solutions that we needed. Wow. And there was, I can honestly tell you, like I in the past have been prone to stress, especially about big events because I want it to be perfect. And there was no stress. Like we stepped into it with complete confidence. We knew exactly what we were supposed to do. And it was, I would recommend everybody do a 30 person wedding because it was fantastic. There was nobody to manage. It was glorious, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, wow. It was God really came through and he really showed his goodness in that because there were so many opportunities for us to be stressed Mm -hmm. and we were able to rely on who he has told us he was. Mm -hmm. Um, And he came through better than we could have ever imagined. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And more importantly too, that that was like a good like, like, um, like thermostat for our marriage, mm. like right in the gates, like we went in trusting God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's been the rhythm, the cadence of like our relationship and how we, how we have boldness to discuss things that need to be discussed and, yeah. and grow with each other, you know, but I'll tell you, like, she is definitely like the wedding planner girl. <laughs> like she'd be make an amazing wedding planner, how detailed and organized she is. And when I heard that the venue got burned down three weeks before. I was like, oh my gosh, Beth is going to go crazy. (laughs) But it was nothing like that. She just said, okay, cool, God. Like, I mean, it's not a big thing. We're still going to trust you. Yeah. And it was like the most glorious wedding like I've ever been a part of. I have, I have an uncle and he has a lot of, a lot of money, man. And him, his, his son got married uh, about three, three months later. And I mean, in like Louisiana, I'm not saying big wedding, big weddings are bad, but you know, he, or anything like that, but they put like 120 grand down for that wedding. It was beautiful, amazing wow. cathedral. But my uncle's like, you know, this is what it should be like. Wow. Just like 30 or 40 people, mm-hmm. you know, intimate, the people he, who you really know or yeah. stuff. And I mean, my uncle Keep said the main that. thing, the main thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and his, my cousin's wedding was amazing as well. I'm not yeah. playing that down and like bless him in his marriage, but yeah. Well, yeah. and I too, this is kind of a little bit of a tangent, but anybody who's listening, who's planning a wedding, I'm telling you sit down and decide why you're doing what you're doing. Like if you're having your dad walk you down the aisle, do it because you want him to walk you down the aisle, not because of tradition. That's good. If you're going to do worship, do worship because you want to do worship, not because someone told you you should. Like make sure that you find the things that really make you a couple and commit to those things. And I think that's the thing that held us together because we had make or breaks no matter what the entire time. And we were able to cut things really quick because they weren't like our have tos. (laughs) That was one of the best decisions I think we made the entire time. Exactly how my husband and I did our wedding. It was a small wedding (laughs) focused on the covenant and the miracle. And it was real long. (laughs) So there's so much worship and it was really long. We did communion and people came and laid hands on us and prayed for us. And it was, you know, what it was what we wanted for our wedding. Yeah. But people really enjoyed it because there was so much thought and intent put into it. So I love that. That's good advice. I just want to say that I think it's really cool that you're, you talked about it like as a couple, just how starting out your marriage and having that experience, but also just God, you know, from the get go you talked about like your finances and how that was something that you guys decided from the start that you were not going to let it be something that you sh- 
had to strive about or worry about and really like take lots of time to like, you know, um, I guess find like discussion over or be worried. And, and he was like, I'm just going to provide from you from the get. And Mm -hmm. what a foundation that he laid for you guys and providing in that way for your marriage and for your ceremony. And I just think that's really beautiful. Like what a sweet gift from the Lord just to be like, this is my goodness for you. This is how we're going to start. This is how we're going to roll. And (laughs) how awesome. That's so great. So, Man, you guys are incredible. We're so grateful that we had a chance to sit and chat with you. I feel like we could kind of go on forever, but Mm -hmm. unfortunately we're running out of time. One last question for you. And you can answer this, you know, together if you know this as a couple or if you want to answer individually. But what is your life's message, like your soundbite message that God has burdened your heart to get to the world, to get to his people? Okay, I would say keep it simple and put God in the center. That's awesome. So that's it, like for your marriage even, right? Yeah, okay, if I could just add one thing too is to be loved by God rather than try to love him first. Mm. That's good. That's really good. That's really good. Yeah. Because I think sometimes we think we have to figure out how to love him well in order to earn his love. Mm-hmm. Wow. Good stuff, guys. Keep it simple and keep God in the center. Be loved by God mm-hmm. instead of trying to love him first. Amen. Good stuff from Thanks. Carlos and Beth Padilla. Thanks, <laughs> guys. Thank you. Thank you. What I loved about listening to Beth and Carlos was how well they complement each other, mm-hmm. that God handpicked them and put them together mm-hmm. um, in, in their unity. They're able to almost like fill in each other's gaps with, with what their skills and their talents are. Um, and I just love seeing a couple thrive in that and being newlyweds and hearing a newlywed couple say marriage is awesome was really refreshing to me Mm -hmm. because it's not always like that for every couple. I get that, but I hear a lot right now, like this almost, you know, reality check that new couples like to give, um, of like, Oh, marriage is so hard these first few years, but it wasn't for me and it wasn't for them. And so it doesn't Hmm. have to be that way. And it was just really refreshing for me to hear the way that their energy kind of um, just comes together in such a complimentary way. Mm -hmm. Well, and the perspective shift, how Carlos said that they've gone through really hard things, right? Mm -hmm. but they choose to still see the joy and to just shift their perspective instead of focusing on the negative. I mean, he said he got hit by a car and right? his dad was in prison. Like uh, he didn't give a lot of details, yeah. but that seems like a lot of challenge yeah. in their first year of marriage. And yet they choose every day what kind of attitude they want to have. Love it. Mm-hmm. It was awesome to hear their individual stories. You know, we just got a snapshot of it, but both of them came out of um, backgrounds that, did not give them awareness of who they are in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And they discovered it later. But then as they, they've been married, it's almost like that, I mean, that's been a foundation for them. Mm-hmm. And that has really given them a, a greater confidence in the things that the Lord's put before them. They've said they've continued to say yes. Whatever has been put in front of them, they're like, yes, yes, yes. We're going to do it mm-hmm. yeah. no matter what 
it brings, we're saying yes, because we're confident in who we are in the Lord and, and who he is to us. And I just think, I think that's, um, what a testimony of their individual journeys and where the Lord has brought them. But then mm-hmm. as a couple, it's like reinforced yeah. Yeah. that thing, which God has instilled instilled in both of them individually, but now it's being reinforced as a couple, which I'm like, rock on. Yes. Yes, it's so good. And as we are headed into what can be a crazy holiday season, I love what they said, their focus about just focusing on what's in front of you, the person in front of you. Yeah. So like, as we get into December, what ways can you say yes to God with what is in front of you Mm -hmm. and not be distracted by the noise and the clutter and the to-do lists, but still just love the people around you. Keeping it simple. Yeah. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. you know what, Jess, it's a really good point because something that both of you guys were saying reminded me of um, something that we like to teach at Collected Workshops about attitudes and perspectives. We like to say that you have a choice. You get to choose how you think about how you feel. (laughs) And so essentially that's your attitude. So as you're around family that might be challenging, as you're facing maybe strain on your finances here around the holidays, um, we just want to encourage you to make a choice about how you decide to think about the feelings that come up Mm -hmm. with the holiday season. You have a choice. You guys, thank you so much for listening. We will meet you back here next Thursday. Have a great great week. Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you would help spread the word. Check back here for weekly episodes dropping every Thursday. You can follow Collected on social media at Collected Workshops. The Collected Podcast is also on Patreon at patreon.com slash thecollectedpodcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Become a patron for as little as $1 a month to gain access to bonus content, early bird ticket sales, exclusive contests, and more. You can also find Tia at Tia McNelly Notes, Jess at Spreza Foundry, and Michaela at The Creative Space NC. Collected proudly supports and partners with Flourish Kenya, a nonprofit working to prevent and support unplanned adolescent pregnancy in rural Kenya. Learn more at flourishkenya.org. The Collected Podcast is brought to you by the Gebhardt Sleep Group at Baird Financial, delivering personalized financial advice that helps clients reach their long-term goals. Visit gebhardtsleepgroup.com or see our show notes for links and to learn more. The Collected Podcast is recorded and edited by Jacob Early. Music is by Asaf Alon.